<laughs> hey, look at us. Three months in a row, baby. And we're both pretty busy at work, so that's kind of cool, given that we have full-time gigs, and uh, we're trying to do a podcast semi-regularly. We're doing it. Three weeks, three weeks, three months. Three months in a row. <laughs> <laughs> three weeks is the next goal, Francis. Next that goal is, is three that weeks. Is, that is the goal. We're at four weeks right now. Three <laughs> weeks is next up. But uh, uh, anyone want to start us a Patreon or we, oh wait, we should start the Patreon. Yeah, yeah. do you we want us to start <laughs> Patreon? Because then we could, you know, quit our jobs and do this, and it would be way more fun. No, just in case anyone from work is listening, I do not want to quit my job right now because uh, this is not profitable yet. For legal reasons, that's a joke. Yes, exactly. To pull from TikTok. Anyway, what's new? We have a new president elect. And a lady vice president elect. Oh my God, it's so exciting. I uh, <laughs> am thrilled because it's it's kind of one of those things where you think about it like obviously Hillary and Michelle and like Nancy Reagan and all these people have influenced their spouses. But like Kamala is going to be at the table. It's not a situation of like... She going to be there. She yeah. going to be making the decisions. And don't get me wrong, if Michelle had run, I would have totally voted for her. <laughs> but uh, at this point, this sounds, this is so amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. This... Oh, and it's Diwali today, so yes, uh, happy, happy Diwali. Diwali. Uh, we are recording this on the 14th. Yes. Um, good job to everyone who voted. And and but don't especially... worry, your vote counted. Your vote <laughs> yes. did count. Everyone, everyone's vote was counted. Yes, everyone's vote was counted. Are there still votes being counted at this point? No, is, they're done. Is Georgia doing a recount no, though? That all like a couple states are doing a recount. Yeah, but, but at this point, it's, it's like a what a five million vote lead at this point. Like nothing's yeah. going to change. And to not like get too political, obviously we have in the past. <laughs> like it's the ironic thing is, is it's like somehow the president votes didn't count in those states that still <laughs> stayed red, but the president, current president is recognizing the senators that got re-elected yeah. there. So it's like, we, one part of your vote does count. The other one was fraudulent. Yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. All votes counted so. for everything. So we're in Texas. We did not turn blue. But Tarrant County did turn blue. Yeah. For and the first time in 30 years. And do you know why that's a big deal? Because in 2008, when I was in college, Tarrant County was the second most conservative county in the United States. So for them to turn blue is a huge deal, and I'm so proud of my favorite county in Texas. <laughs> I mean, my favorite county in Texas is uh, Travis County. It's in Austin. Yeah. That one's pretty... That one, they had the uh, almost 98% voter registration. It's crazy. Like, that's insane, you guys. Like, uh, I've never heard 98% of people ever What's agree really to do anything. True. What's really sad, though, is... Texas had historic turnout, and we still ranked 44th. Wow. In the percentage of votes. Like, oh, like we, we, no. Stacey we Abrams, do, we need you to come yeah. and help us out. We need our own Stacey Abrams. MJ Hager, you want to be Stacey Abrams here? Or, or something. Just get people to go out. Beto? Yeah. Beto? Let's do it. Beto and Stacey Abrams together, Unstoppable Force? I uh, support this life decision. <laughs> Unless you guys get uh, offered other jobs by the new... Uh, right. 
if y'all want to go, I think Stacey Abrams has already said, like, no, she's com committed to Georgia. Georgia. But, Beto, if you get offered something in the cabinet, like, I am all for you taking it. Please take it. <laughs> just, just represent Texas in a way that doesn't make us that look is, like That racist. is not embarrassing. Oh, my God. Our governor and lieutenant governor are the most embarrassing people. Anyway... Let enough about <laughs> politics. Um, <laughs> Something way more fun. Is anyone playing or watching other people play Among Us? I am. I'm playing. I'm a player because uh, I remember when I was in on the swim team, we would play the game Mafia on the school swim bus. And if you guys remember what that's like, it's basically like maybe if you have a group of like 20 people, two people are considered the Mafia and everybody else has a role, and then there's like a doctor and stuff, and so it's like mafia wake up, and then they kill two people, and you try to do it as quietly as possible so no one knows, and then the doctor tries to save someone, and then all the townspeople have to guess who are the mafia. So they made a digital version of it. It's called Among Us. It's really fun. Um, Francis told me about it. I got Kate obsessed. Yeah. I really like watching uh, Julian Solomita play with his crew on... Twitch. We both watched AOC play for three and a half hours a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I think I watched three of the three and a half hours. There was no way she meant to play for that long, but I'm oh, so yeah. glad she did. I watched the entire time. I watched the entire time, and um, it was, uh, it was quite entertaining to watch somebody else play. It made me want to play with them though, because yeah. like my biggest comp like complaint about it is that there are like. 10 year olds on it so if your kids are playing it like just remind them it's a game because yeah. for some reason the 10 to 16 year olds always want to say their names say if they're a boy or a girl and say their age and it's just like no you're giving too much information out into the world like we really need chris hansen in every single among us chat being like hey <laughs> you're talking to someone who is currently being <laughs> investigated and it's like right. oh crap <laughs> I always feel like it's my job to tell people, like, I don't need to know. I don't need to know. No, nope. no. Nobody cares. <laughs> but my problem with playing is I always end up in a lobby where, like, people just want to suss people out. And it's like emergency meetings are called as soon as they can be called. Oh, that's the worst. And it's like, it's orange. And so we all vote for orange. And then it's blue. So we all vote for blue. And then we don't get to do any playing. So yeah. I've enjoyed watching people play. Um, I watched Kate play today while we were getting manicures and pedicures. Speaking of which. Self-care, but uh, be careful. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we we got manicures and pedicures today. Uh, we have a place that we go to that is ridiculously clean. And the ladies are so nice there. Oh my god, I'm obsessed with a girl who did my nails today. Uh, and she apparently does bomb Christmas nail art. So I'm like, Becky, I'm going to be hitting you up in about four weeks. <laughs> After your oh wait and you you have to do it in four weeks so that way you get two of them in a row too yeah. oh you gotta do that yeah. anyways um, <laughs> we get we have a membership there yeah and as part of the membership you get either a manicure or a pedicure for free yeah and so it's totally worth it because the membership is the cost of one of those but you also get discounts on stuff too yeah so it's and like, you get like birthday discounts which we both joined clearly after our birthdays at this <laughs> point but um, next year twenty twenty one. We, but basically, you guys, what we're telling you to do is that self-care is super important, and sometimes everyone wears a mask, everyone has 
like you know, shields up and stuff like that like when you're doing anything that's in close contact with people so find a place that you feel comfortable if you can and because they need the support as well obviously they're small yeah. businesses and props to the real chill feel except today when some hannah montana came on but yeah. hey everybody makes mistakes everybody has those days no no if no. you know you know no 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 one needs to know do not try <laughs> to figure out what she's talking about please um anyway thanksgiving is in like a week and a half so just a fair warning to not be stupid and please be careful. And I mean, honestly, at this point, you guys, Zoom is an okay way of doing it. If you have elderly members of your family, um, as someone who used to work for a very large company that sells electronics, um, it is hard to teach uh, an elderly person technology, but um, it's doable. It's doable and it's very rewarding when it when it sinks in. So, highly recommend you guys uh, take care of your parents and grandparents, depending on who they are. And I mean, if you're in one of those foreign countries that has zero percent, like like props to like Australia, Australia and New Zealand that have like zero or such low caseloads <laughs> that things are normal again. One hundred percent. Enjoy yourselves, because you I guys mean, y'all, earned it. Y'all aren't having, like, Thanksgiving unless you're just Americans living there. Good job. Like, we're very envious. Enjoy um, it. Enjoy your lives. Um, but for everyone else, please just don't be stupid and keep wearing your masks and be careful. And you know what I mean by don't be stupid. Like, just don't be stupid. You don't need to be going out. Like, I'm getting mad at, like, people having bachelorette parties. Like, No. You do not need to hang out with 20 of your closest friends to celebrate your wedding that you probably shouldn't be having right now anyway. And at the same time, I mean, look, let's be honest. It, the less we spend in money right now, as bad as this sounds, the cheaper it'll be to do something actually really cool later. So uh, you'll save up money and you'll be able to <laughs> actually have a very um, fun bachelorette party that everybody can enjoy for what it is. So. Enjoy your Thanksgiving if you don't hear from us before then, because you probably won't. Um, but who knows? Weirder things have happened. On to the next segment. What was your shameless pop culture consumption for the past few weeks? So I'm going to start, and I have to look up this account because it's really hard for me to pronounce it. <laughs> but it's called Dumois. Dumois? I don't know. It's French, you guys. It's spelled D-E-U-X-M-O-I, and basically what it is, is random people message this Instagram account and tell them about celebrity spottings or celebrity, like, rumors and things, and, like, people go on crazy little tangents, and then, like, people will message in, like, one rumor being, like, I don't know, I'm just gonna, this is completely just off the top of my head, like, Florence Pugh and Zach Braff broke up or something like that, right? And then they somebody- should, though. And then somebody else messages in, like, no, I just saw them last Tuesday at this place. They're happy and canoodling and all that stuff. So it's just kind of interesting. There's been one right now that's on, like, what studio, who's who, who's on the hot list of studio executives kind of thing. Like, who do they actually want to work with and who can get, like, any project they want and who are the people that you just want to stay away from. So 
I don't know. For someone like me, it, it's like one of the only like <laughs> stories I actually care about on Instagram <laughs> where I like literally read through. Sometimes they like they block off who the person is and I'm like, what, what's the point of this? Like we're just supposed to hypothesize who this A-list celebrity is. That's not fun. So um, if you guys know anything, you can always message in too and find and give them some information. But uh, my next thing is on HBO, there's a TV show called The Undoing. And it has Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant in it. And it is... Oh, I've seen ads for this. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and it's about basically a murder mystery in a way. Um, the first episode, basically a woman gets murdered. And then second episode, they start theorizing who it is. There's only been three episodes, so I don't want to ruin anything for you guys. Um, but Nicole Kidman's definitely like the star of it. But like obviously, if you're like me, I love Hugh Grant. And it's fun to see him. He's really started to look old lately. Oh, but he's still. Looks I mean, great. he's still beautiful. Yeah. Like I'm not complaining. Yeah. His and also, eyes. also men are allowed to get old and still be hot. So we'll talk about that in another time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on a whole rant about how this all happens. But uh, yeah, he is still definitely one of those like hall passes I would definitely still take. <laughs> Um, one not pop, pop culture thing that's kind of cool that I did is I went skydiving. She's crazy, but she's clearly survived, so. I know. I'm still alive, you guys. I'm on the good side of the statistic. That's how I put it. Um, it was absolutely terrifying in the plane up until, like, you get a mile up and you're like, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> and then when you honestly just hop out of the plane, it's one of the coolest pl- feelings in the entire world. Like The video of that they took of her is really funny. Because for, like, the first 10 seconds of free fall, she looks real nervous. And then all of a sudden, she's, like, way into it. It's so much fun. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, I was waiting for a moment where, like, they tap you on the shoulder or something like that. And then, then you can feel a little bit, like, more relaxed. And once that happened, I was, like, oh, my God. Everything's going well, you guys. I feel so good. And then, like, at one point, they offered to let me steer. And I was all, like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'll do that next time. Because, like, basically, I just, I was, like. I'm already pressing my luck enough, but uh, uh, one thing that's really good about skydiving, you guys, is that the uh, the person that you're attached to, they wear a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> so there is no way that they are breathing on you during the event. So um, if you're interested in skydiving right now, it's actually very COVID-friendly. <laughs> um, last two things, basically, back to TV, is uh, if you guys haven't seen it, the TV show Supermarket Sweep, I've been watching that. Leslie it's, Jones. It's I a mean, reboot. Of, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm hyped because I love Leslie Jones. So. I mean, Leslie Jones, I, I could be a little bit more critical. She screams a lot. And mm-hmm. that's kind of my one thing is I'm like, oh, my I'll give gosh, you that. everything is not this exciting. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm a very much more of a passive person, if you guys haven't noticed. But um, she it, she actually produces it, too. They get $100,000 in episodes. Twice we got to hit this up. Yes, exactly. I was like... <laughs> I know enough about brands. I could probably figure this stuff out. So, also, did you see that they legitimately build a supermarket? Yeah. I thought they were in a real one. No, yeah, they legitimately built it. I'm I wonder if it's the same kind one they use. I wonder if it's the same one they use for guys grocery games though. I don't even know what that is. Because that's also on the Food Network channel mm-hmm. where he has them run around also. So I'm wondering if they reuse the same spot. But the last thing I want to say is that this last Thursday, Grey's Anatomy came back. Woo! And, I mean, I, guys, I can't believe people are still watching this show. Yeah, you know, <laughs> guys, this is a huge episode because, and this is a spoiler alert, so 
fast forward 30 seconds because Francis doesn't care. But uh, Derek's back. Patrick Dempsey, he died a couple seasons ago, and he's in the most recent episode, and it's actually him. Even it's though, not a dream? No, even though Shonda Rhimes was there, said that, like, they had severed ties. I mean, the, the, I thought they it think was a dream from they, the pictures no, they, they I think, saw. They think the, the whole idea is Meredith dies, oh. and so we're not sure she actually dies yet. Last time she died, she saw her mom, so... This time now she sees Derek, but it's actually Patrick Dempsey, which is a huge deal for anyone. It's not just like somebody with a similar haircut. Exactly. No, I saw pictures. I I believe it's him. (laughs) All right, Francis, what about you? What have you been consuming over the last couple weeks? Little baby Yoda is back in our lives. And coupled with the new president, 2020 has never been better. (laughs) (laughs) They have increased baby Yoda's coups and it's, Crazy and adorable, and I am a-okay with it. Um, Yeah, if you're not watching The Mandalorian, you really should, because we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but it's one of the best shows you can stream right now, and they release it episodically, so it's like seeing a new show every week. Um, I mean, you are seeing a new episode every week, but it's like a regular TV show where you, you get one a week. And John Favreau has really just... John Favreau is a god amongst yeah. men. Like, everything he touches turns to gold. And I'll, I'm I, about to touch on this, but I'm binging Mar- all the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now for our favorite podcast, Binge Mode. Um, and, I mean, he has a huge hand in that. So kudos to John Favreau for everything, basically, because most good... I want to say cinema, but it's not because Baby Yoda is on Disney Plus. That's yeah. streaming. But I mean, he's just redone things that we already thought we knew, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it so amazing. Is that like the thing that's interesting about Iron Man, for example, is that that was a secondary character within mm-hmm. Marvel, and it was one of the first ones that was sold yeah. from Marvel, and so they were able to buy it back because it was one of the cheapest ones to get yeah. back. But it's like, it's such a cool thing that that started this whole thing. And it's all because mm-hmm. of John Favreau, really. Also, shouts to John Favreau's character on Friends, because what a mess. Like, who was he on Friends? <laughs> he dated Monica, and he wanted to be an ultimate fighter. And she, like, lost her shit about it. And oh. then he went in the ring and got his ass absolutely <laughs> handed to him. And she was like, I, I can't date you anymore. I need to check that out. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's really funny. Also... Not to be confused with John Favreau from Crooked Media, which is where uh, half of Binge Mode's hosts is going. Aww. So we're going to miss you, Jason. But your gig at Crooked Media with the other John Favreau sounds bomb.com and right up your alley. Um, and if you and Akila Hughes, speaking to Jason, work on something <laughs> together like a podcast. Hey, Jason, if you're one of our like 11 listeners. We have we have a male listener now. We have like, ideas. <laughs> we have ideas, too. We have ideas, Jason. But also, if Jason and Akila partner up on something, like a podcast, like, I love Mal and Jason, but if Akila and Jason have half the friendship chemistry that Mal and Jason have, that, like, they, they may unseat Mal and Jason as my favorite podcast duo. All right, you got a big bar, you have a high bar to pass It's, it's there, a big Jason. bar, it's a high bar, but I'm excited. <laughs> big high bar! <laughs> That's the name of this episode, you guys, the big high bar. 
Also, I'm back on Animal Crossing. I don't remember if I talked about this last time. I oh, think no, I, started, I didn't know that. I think I started playing right after we recorded last time. <laughs> One of my friends at work um, just got Animal Crossing, and so, like, I started playing again and, like, cleaning up my island before I invited her to my island because oh, wow. the weeds were ungodly. Oh, my God. I was <laughs> my island. Because like, I stopped playing before you did. I know. I didn't play for a solid two months, and my villagers were like, what's it been? Two months? And I was like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, but I did get two villager photos this week, which is so wow. exciting. They miss you, maybe. I know. Maybe that's the point, is you should just not play. <laughs> Don't play for two months and then go back in well, and play that? again. There was another thing that was like that, where, like, if you didn't do something... And you waited, you actually ended up getting, like, free shit. What was that for? It was another game. There's another mm. game like that, too. <laughs> so, sometimes you guys patience. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, The Crown and his Dark Materials come back tomorrow, this weekend. We're his recording. Dark Materials on Monday. Oh, it's Monday? Yeah, it's weird. I thought it was Sunday. Because the undoing is on Sunday. I mean, that's fine, because I'm going to be binging The Crown tomorrow. Exactly. So, that actually relieves me a little bit. Yes. Um <laughs> I... Also, was legitimately about to cancel my HBO subscription because I have Roku and HBO has not yet reached a deal for HBO Max with Roku or Amazon yet. So I haven't watched HBO Max on my TV yet. And I was about to cancel HBO like literally two days ago and then got on Twitter and it was like, his Dark Materials returns this weekend. And I was like, oh shit, I can't cancel HBO. So I will be watching... Um, his dark materials on my laptop this week. <laughs> nice. Um, and I'm really hyped for the crown because the girl playing Diana, I warmed up to finally this week, but she looks a lot like Diana. And I'm really excited to see this drama unfold. And speaking of his dark materials, I'm still halfway through the second book. I haven't read it at all in months. <laughs> um, but the love affair with Lin-Manuel Miranda continues. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just bought artwork signed by him, and it was also donations, so don't judge me. <laughs> it's really cool artwork, and it wasn't, like, terribly expensive, considering... No. It was, like, uh, a, an autographed print by yeah. actually Lin-Manuel. Like, that's dope. I'll anyway, take it. We ready to get started? All right, let's do it. You guys, today I am going to shatter Francis's idea of who little baby Yoda is because I believe he's evil. Uh, Jason Concepcion always asks, hey, like, ask me questions while he's walking around town. And I asked him, <laughs> uh, do you think that little baby Yoda is uh, evil? And his theory is, is that baby Yoda's just hungry. So... Francis, why would little baby Yoda just be considered hungry and not just be considered someone trying to destroy an entire race of population? I don't know, y'all. I, I posted a meme, and I stick by it. You can only eat two scrambled eggs, but you can eat 40 deviled eggs, and I think that's what baby Yoda was doing. Those were definitely <laughs> not deviled eggs. Those were like raw, Rocky-style eggs. That's he nasty, was, okay, but you know. <laughs> so what kind of sparked this theory for me was in the second season, second episode of this season... So if you haven't watched The Mandalorian and you're planning on doing it, I'm going to spoil a lot of shit. So this might not be the best episode for you, um, but I'm warning you now so you can skip ahead if you really want to, but this is the majority of what we're going to talk about. So but again, if you're not watching The Mandalorian, who are you and why are you here? Because it's great TV. All right. <laughs> so I am going to lay out why I think little baby Yoda is actually evil and why that episode made me think of this, right? 
Now, in that episode, Mando is taking a passenger with him who is trying to bring unfertilized eggs that she's carrying in a canister with her to her husband because she is the last of her kind and all of her children are in this canister. And from the second little baby Yoda sees this canister, he is mesmerized. (laughs) And he is starving. And something (laughs) about this canister changes. Because he walks up to it and he touches it and the the eggs come to him also. So he's almost like using the force to get the eggs to come closer to him. Similar to Anakin and the kids in the little in the little oh right? no oh yeah see I've got a lot of stuff I did some research we've got younglings <laughs> we got younglings so what happens is if we look at it he literally opens the canister and he starts just eating his eggs and he eats them all solid too he has never eaten anything solid he just slurps them down like i slurp boba tea down you guys like that is literally the i mean that frog looked pretty solid last season oh my gosh yeah (laughs) but he chewed he chewed yes he chewed okay he chewed and everything else so she's recently binged first season again so so i um i want to kind of give you a little bit of a general notes first before i actually go back through the first season and how we can use the first season to support my theory that little baby Yoda's evil and Francis is going to burn her TV t-shirt. No. Um, also, cute, cute real, but evil. I will just like iron that on the shirt. <laughs> real talk though, Danny ruined me, so that might be why I have this theory in general. So, keep in mind, so baby Yoda is 50 years old. And, He's 50! To quote Jason Concepcion. And old Yoda that we all know from the original... He died at 900 years old, and he looked like a hard 900. So, I'm just going to assume that Baby Yoda is, let's just say, 118th of an average person. So, an average person might die at around 84 if they're hard. Hard old. Some people look good, but hard old is maybe 84. So, that makes Yoda clo- Baby Yoda closer to 4 or 5. So that's not necessarily a toddler that we can just be like, oh, goo goo gaga with. That's somebody that actually is starting to think. And like, my sister already didn't want a little sister at four when I was born. <laughs> so like, five, she definitely had already decided that I was not going to continue. So basically, he's not a a, a baby. He's like, more did Haley sim- try to eat you? No. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> we time, may have some other issues we need to resolve. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to unpack those right now, guys. We do not need to talk about family. My sister is a fantastic podcast, too. So if you want to support her, uh, Iron Woman Pat podcast. Anyways, um, back to Baby Yoda. Uh, so basically, I think he's like more like a little kid. He's capable of some sort of logical behavior. And, I mean... That's where we have to, like, really change our lens of how we are, like, overlooking some of his behaviors in the first season. Because he... I'm going to be the first person to come up with this theory, so when it happens, you all can be like, God damn it, Kate, you were right. (laughs) Anyways, so one thing I want to say before I go into more of my specifics is that we know that both Jedi and Sith contain the Force, right? And we know that the Force is not only harnessed by those who are good, but also those who are evil. Mind you, the Jedi mind trick is influencing people. All Yoda does is stare at people. That's all that little baby does. He just stares all into souls. And everyone all of a sudden changes their behavior. Literally, we were just watching episode 8 today, Francis and I. And uh, the, the soldier woman, she was like, 
I hate kids. And then she's carrying baby Yoda everywhere. And it's like, God, take care of this little one. I have never met someone who doesn't want kids be that easily persuaded. So Jedi mind trip trick is my guess in that. Also, something that even old baby, old Yoda said, old Yoda said is a Jedi uses the force for knowledge and defense, never to attack. And so when we think about it, what the fuck did Baby Yoda do to that little, that animal that was the rhino? They were trying to steal that rhino's child in that cave. Literally, that was the only reason that they were there. And that Yoda, and Baby Yoda destroys him in the first episode, or second episode. So, like, the light side is usually more defense-oriented, where the dark side is actually uses the force to harm, debilitate, or kill the things that Baby Yoda has since done with his power while in the first se first season. So there is a common trope in history and storytelling of underestimating children. Anyone who has watched a horror movie can actually attest to this because it's always the child that is the evil one. Well, I did watch Problem Child many times in high school. Yes, and that is nothing but issues. So and think about it though, like I mean, The Exorcist. You think about it, Orphan, I talked about that last week. Think about it, like, uh, The Ring, it's a child. If you think about it, uh, is the it a child or is, is it a, a child. demon? But that's the point, is that everyone still usually try Annabelle, they all think that's of these- doll. Yes, but they all think of these things that are children-related, that they underestimate because it's child-related. So they think of this whole thing, well, like, what if all these people are trying to help Baby Yoda? are just assuming that the child is a solution, similar to what they did with Anakin, and rather than evaluate that a child was abandoned in the middle of the galaxy without any similar known species by the J Jedis, after the Jedis followed Yoda for years, <laughs> and Yoda was the only known similar species. So, my, ass my assumption is is that he was actually left intentionally. So, let's go back to episode one. Do you have anything to contribute, Francis, before I go into this? I have some obscurial thoughts, but I haven't formulated anything yet, so okay, continue. So, <laughs> I, we're just going to go back to episode one. So, before we even find Baby Yoda, Mando is given a beacon to try to find this child. He's not even given specifics about it. He is just he's told he's 50! An idea that he's 50, and that his instructions were specifically to bring the child back alive by the Empire. The Empire, because obviously we guys, we, get, we all know that guy was for the Empire. The Empire wants this child back alive. The interesting thing is that he meets a droid on the mission who was also given a beacon. But the droid, prior to actually, right after they kill everybody, the droid's instructions were to bring it back dead. He literally says, no, I'm supposed to terminate the target. So why would the Empire give two different people different instructions? Because what we later learn is that everyone that didn't get the child is very upset that Mando has it still alive because they can still cash in on the bounty for it because it's alive. The droid must have thus been sent by somebody else to terminate it and was sent so as a droid because droids have no emotion and so they can't be like turned by the force. Whereas humans can. And what happens when Mando finds Baby Yoda is he literally looks at it and all of a sudden 
is changed. So why would Mando be told to bring back alive and the droid opposite if they weren't if they were sent by the same people? Fair, huge, fair question. Huge issue there in this plot line is that the droid specifically says dead. So when we think about like one thing that I want to say is that he's a five-year-old, right? And Baby Yoda seems to have some sort of a cognition at times. It's the interesting thing about him is sometimes he makes decisions that seem to be very childlike and, oh, coo, you know, like Francis was saying earlier. The coups have increased and it's adorable. Other times, <laughs> he always just shows up in the right place at the right times. So I was just thinking about, like, when the Jawas are trying to steal all of Mando's ship, basically. Mando's, like, on the transport for a while, and then he falls off, and Baby Yoda's right there. He's been, he's fine by himself. He, he got all the way there by himself in his little cradle thing. And, like, that just suggests something totally different, because if a five-year-old's usually left alone, they're going to go run around and do, like, they're going to go crazy, or they're going to sit and cry right where they are. They are not going to figure out, oh, I should follow this transport, too, because maybe I actually need to follow that dude. It's an interesting thing. Mind you, that frog we were talking about earlier, it's the first time we see Baby Yoda smile is after eating something. He kills something and smiles. That's because he's starving and Mando is not the best uh, babysitter. So, as I talked about earlier, the rhino animal was charging at Baby Yoda, and yet Baby Yoda, who previously used his cart uh, or cradle to move, um, he doesn't move it then. He just sits there right in the middle. It's like, what? You were just moving your cradle to go follow after the transport, and now you don't know how to move your cradle anymore? Come on. <laughs> like, I have a little bit of frustration in general, obviously. Um, but how I see it is in this situation, he kills the rhino because in his mind, he has to get off that planet. Because he has to go fulfill whatever he's being banished to be from. Um, so Mando is his best chance, when you think about it. Like, Jawas aren't going to take care of him. That rhino's not going to take care of him. He has to kill that rhino because that makes Mando trust him at that point. We go back full circle, you guys. We talked about Among Us earlier. One of the greatest theory, like possible ways <laughs> of being an imposter in that game is you play the side that you know can keep you alive the longest. And what's Baby Yoda doing? He is playing the side that keeps him alive the longest. Because even later on in episode eight, it's like, hey, let him do that hand thingy again. He doesn't. He doesn't Green always is do sus. It. Green is always sus. <laughs> yes, that's what I am saying here. So um, basically, one thing that I wanted to also call out here is that the scientist that works for after they drop off Baby Yoda, right? The scientist that works for the Empire. He says, and I quote, he's, please don't hurt it. It's just a child. But he almost like does so in a way to make it be where it's like an emotional connection. Because before this point, Mando thought of it as a bounty. And now he's starting to think of it more as that child and someone else just reinforced that in him. So in his mind, he's like, wow. This was a, just a bounty, and now I, ha I have a responsibility. Also, small detail, John Favreau is known for this, if you watch any Marvel movie. The scan was red on Baby Yoda when that machine was going over him. Granted, it could be, yeah, this is an Empire machine, but 
it's a small detail that you have to acknowledge because it could be scanning him for a force life in him, which could be evil. One thing that was interesting too is that when Mando takes the child, the scientist almost looks relieved that the child is no longer in his possession, rather than if he had an emotional connection as every other person that meets this child, he wouldn't feel that. He'd be like, let me look at it one more time as everyone else has, but the scientist is relieved. And thinking, thinking about this, one, one of the big things that happens is in order to walk out of this place with the child, the last of the Mandalorians that we know of have to come out of hiding to save it. So literally the Mandalorians are no longer being protected because they have to protect this child also. So um, I do have a note here that Baby Yoda likes circular knobs. I don't know if that's significant yet. <laughs> don't we all? So that's about halfway through the first season. Do you have anything to contribute with this? Am I persuading you? No, you're not persuading me. Okay. Well, <laughs> I have I have a couple of things that I need to also address. <laughs> um, Baby Yoda, we go back to the food situation that you were talking about. He's just hungry. Baby Yoda with a cup of soup. When he's eating that cup of soup that we've all seen as famous in the memes, he's doing so while watching Mando and that soldier lady fight. It's almost like this is my enjoyment because I'm just going to sip my tea and watch you all fight over me. And that's a little bit of a dark thought. If you think about it, most recent episode. Yeah, most recent episode. Mando gives Baby Yoda food because to go with Jason's theory is that he's just hungry. He gives him food and then Baby Yoda actually doesn't eat it that quickly. So how hungry is this child? I mean, to be fair, something came out of his chowder. Everyone else was eating that chowder. <laughs> Everyone else was eating that chowder. And he's never been... And then he eats the same same animal as it's crawling in the place at the end. I don't know, man. Sorry. I don't think he's just hungry because he seems very intentional with his eating habits. Um, one thing that I should call out is in that same episode, that was the episode with the little children that fell in love with Baby Yoda... They hug him at the end and they're crying. He shows no emotion towards them. Emotionless. He looks at them like, yeah, I'm So leaving. in addition to being a Sith, Baby Yoda is now a sociopath. <laughs> Anywho, one thing that's also, so if we go, I'm going to skip over Gunslinger because even though I think that it's interesting that um, Amy Sedaris' character cares about uh, putting Baby Yoda to sleep even though we've never seen Baby Yoda need sleep. I like, need more Amy Sedaris, In any though. situation. I know, but at the same time, it's like, she also seems to introduce Mando to characters who might leave her with Baby Yoda, which is an interesting play, because it's like, huh, what's your motivations here? I would, Why do we I would like to know her motivations. Yeah, because she seems to care enough about this child. And once again, she also knows a lot of the cantinas and stuff that we've seen in other seasons. Like, that cantina that they go to where she's playing cards or whatever... Um, that is literally the same one that Han Solo was at, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. So once again, Jedis have been there. <laughs> Jedis who know who Yoda is have been in that exact same location, <laughs> and yet they're acting like they've never seen a baby Yoda before. Where literally me, not really a big Star Wars person, can recognize baby Yoda as Yoda. <laughs> like, <laughs> anywho. Uh, episode 7, what we see is that Gideon, the Sith dude, he comes in and said, one of the quotes he said was, it means more to me than you will ever know in, regarding the child. 
which is another side. So why is the dark side? Why does the dark side care more about Baby Yoda than anything else in the entire galaxy? Why aren't there Jedis flying to these planets to try to find Baby Yoda? We still have not seen a Jedi yet. We've seen some uh, fighters and all that stuff, but we haven't seen anyone looking for Baby Yoda, and yet he's apparently really in demand by the dark side, but the light side, well, we don't really care. Where, what, what the hell is happening on that side? Um, the last thing I wanted to say is that, uh, Jedi's, when, uh, when Mando is in the tunnel with the lady that makes all his gear. Lady Mando. Lady Mando. She talks about how the Jedi's were the enemies to the Mandalorian. And in her, he says, so this child is an enemy. And she says, but not this one. So... If we are supposed to think of Jedis as synonymous with good, Mandalorians then are synonymous to bad, a Jedi that is on their side thus is bad. That is my full summary as to why even the first season seems to suggest that our little baby Yoda, he's, he's grown up to be an evil kid just like Anakin. He was cute too. He grew up Are to be you very an angel? evil. Akil was super cute. He cared about his family, everything along those lines, but man, he killed some kids really quickly. What did Baby Yoda do with some little baby eggs the other day? He killed those kids pretty quickly. Yeah, I've got some obscurious thoughts here, but I can't formulate them into anything yet, so we may revisit this in a future episode. <laughs> I do have some silver linings. How about that? You want me to tell you my silver linings? Yes. Okay, so Always. maybe, guys, maybe this will make up for it, <laughs> is that there are a lot of character arcs right now about changing their own narratives, right? When we think about it, like the IG droid became the nurse droid. He went from being something programmed to kill to something that was programmed to save, basically. Mando with the blue girl, whoever she was, played by Tonks, whatever, versus Mando with Baby Yoda. We know that when he was with the blue girl... He was pretty much doing bad things. And now that he's with Baby Yoda, he's actually trying to do things that are quote-unquote good. We have the bounty hunter leader, dude. At the end, he's offering a lot of help. And he's offering Mando the ability to come back and everything along those lines, even though Mando betrayed their guild. He did everything wrong. So that guy changed. Um, the woman who had helped, obviously, on that one planet against the spider walking thing obviously you guys i'm not a spider i mean i'm not a star wars person i don't know the names of ice things. spider i don't know it, it looked like a cross between the kraken from pirates of the caribbean and aragog i have yeah it's gonna give me nightmares i mean those people obviously <laughs> they look they helped also rather than just letting him be seen as a as an enemy of the state kind of thing um there's that new mandalorian heiress in the most recent episode like she doesn't seem to have the most the best of intentions but at the same time she seems to know when it's right and when it's wrong and then even the sheriff in the mo the first episode of the season he was wearing mandalorian gear but he knew when to give it up and everything along those lines and then like i think the biggest one is in mando with the droids mando starts out the season very firmly against any droid support but once the IG saves them in the end of the first episode, he's pretty much on board with droids all of a sudden. So while I do think that Baby Yoda is going to come out as this evil 
force. I really think he's full of the evil force because we still don't understand why Baby Yoda kills at certain times and doesn't in others. He seems to not make sense when it comes to his intelligence, like where he's at on that. And then finally, his hunger seems to wane depending on what's placed in front of him. I, I think that he's going to... There's going to be a reason why the Jedis aren't looking for him. Because the Jedis also span the galaxy. And since they had won, this is supposed to be set after they win, they should definitely have more of a presence on some of these places. So why is the Empire have a presence? Why is the Empire seeking him out? Why did he leave the Jedis in the first place? That's the stuff I think is going to be answered, and I think we're going to find out that there was an intention as to why he's not being trained by other Jedis. That's my theory, guys. <laughs> Tell us what you think. On to the songs. Yeah, let's let's go to a lighter note, note you guys. I just talked about how a <laughs> little child is A evil. precious little green child. He's evil. <laughs> I, I'm sorry if I just ruined it for you guys. The next episode's going to come out and we're going to get our first comments being like, this podcast sucks. <laughs> Kate told us that little baby was evil and now I'm seeing it every episode I watch. <laughs> Okay. That actually leads well into the uh, the song, Francis, if you don't mind me going first. Go um, for it, man. I'm actually going to do You're Welcome. It's in the Moana soundtrack. And it's okay. with, uh, it's the rock. He sings it to all of us. But the whole idea is, is that he's saying, <laughs> you're welcome, for stuff that no one's thanking him <laughs> yeah. for. No one's thanking him for it. And I'm not saying that as a, like a sense of, uh, obviously applies well to this situation. But I've actually used it, like, in a couple other situations. Just It seems to be that, like, light-hearted situation of what we're trying... Like, uh, light-hearted, like, message of what we need right now. Which is sometimes just... Ah, you're welcome. Even though you didn't thank me for what I just did for you. Because sometimes people are also thankless. That's true. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> what about you, Francis? Billie Eilish released a new song this week. It is called Therefore I Am, and it's already in some college football playoff, like, uh, promo shots. It's real good. I've only listened to it all the way through, like, twice, but I really like it. Um, I had no idea. I love Billie Eilish. So do I. She's wonderful. <laughs> Highly recommend. Nice. So we will be adding those to the Spotify playlist. Yes. And so you'll have two brand new uh, songs to that playlist. That's got. As well. This has to be the most like eclectic playlist on Spotify that nobody's listening to. Uh, yes. 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 When they find it, they will be like, "Wow, these people are weird. We do not understand what emotions these people are trying to convey." But that's what we're here for, you guys. That's what we want to do is give you guys. Uh, the most eclectic playlist of all time. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us for our fourth uh, real episode. What did you think about Kate's theory? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have more proof that will confirm or deny her theory? Yeah. Challenge me, you guys. <laughs> Keep the conversation going. Visit us on Twitter at Pod Theory or send us a line from our website, theorythepod.com. Uh, like we mentioned, we have a Spotify playlist. And that will be linked in the episode description. It, you can also find it on uh, our website. And I will tweet it as well because it's eclectic. It's weird, y'all. Um, we also have an Instagram, at uh, Theory the Pod. And we look forward to continuing this dialogue with you in future episodes. 
Guys, we're on Stitcher, Spotify. We found ourselves on Apple Podcasts And so most of the other podcast platforms, whatever Anchor allows us to post on. <laughs> uh, Francis is working on getting us on other big platforms in the future. So, like I said, anything Anchor offers. Uh, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today or in any of our other episodes, please tell a friend. Um, send them a link to our website on whichever platform you're listening to. Please rate us and review us. In the words of our favorite podcast that may be a former podcast in a few weeks, Binge Mode, uh, five stars only. That also helps get the word out about our podcast, and we appreciate it more than you know. This episode is hosted by Kate Chura and Francis Key. Theory is produced by Kate Chura and Francis Key. Theory is edited by Francis Key, and sound effects are provided by Anchor. Thanks for joining us. Bye.